listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. We just want to go into the Word of God today because we just really believe that we've got a Word for you. Come on, put your hand on your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, touch our hearts. Move upon our hearts. God, give us the victories. Give us the breakthroughs. Give us, God, your miracles, God, your power, God, your anointing, God, in our lives, God, that we would see you move and that you would touch our lives and that you would change our lives, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, you can do better than that. Shout amen in the house. Come on, I know how some of you were shouting last night when Drew Brees threw a 55-yard touchdown pass. I know some of you don't care, but some of you were caring last night. You're like, woo! This is going to be a great season. Come on, September the 3rd. Some of you are counting down the days. What is September the 3rd? Isn't that the start of LSU? Isn't that the season starting? The 5th. See, just checking. See, I knew you all knew what was going on. Some of you are going to get your shout ready then. Come on, you need to get your shout ready now. Come on, I said you need to get your shout ready now. And thank you, Rob. appreciate that. Um, he's helping me out. But we're excited that you're here today and we want you to be expecting your miracle and believing for God just to change in your life. As we said, we've prayed and we've believed and we believe this. Are you ready? Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Kelly and I, well really Kelly was expecting a couple of years ago and come on, there was a miracle that came forth out of that expectancy. Come on, Judah, our baby was born. There was a miracle that came. She was carrying something. She was expecting and that's what we believe today. Why not your breakthrough? Come on, why not your water break today? Come on now. Why not go into labor today and believe that God can produce your breakthrough and your miracle today? Come on, say with me, positioned for blessing. And if you want a little bit more, just add an S on the end of that. Are you ready? Position for blessings. Come on, I'll take it all, God. I'll take everything that you have for our lives. I want to read a great story today from the Word of God. A lot of you may know this story. It's the account of when Elijah, the prophet, vacates his office. The prophet meant he was God's mouthpiece. He was the one that God would speak through. He was what God used, a vessel here on this earth. And he was going to hand over the office to Elisha. Elisha had been waiting six years since the time that Elijah had called him and put his mantle upon him and he was plowing in the field. Six years he had waited for this to happen. And the whole time, what do we see? He was faithfully serving. You know, maybe today it feels like a long time you've been waiting for something to happen. We just want to believe with you today that today can be your day. 
Just keep being faithful, but keep being committed, and just keep trusting God. So turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to read actually 15 verses, 14 verses actually together today. And we're just going to go through this and just see where we get with this message today. And it says, and it came to pass. I love that. Why not today? Come on, say that with me. Why not today? And it came to pass. Why not today? When the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Now listen, stay with us because there's the Jah and the Shah. Okay, there's Elijah and there's Elisha. So we'll try and stay there. Try not to get too confused and I'll try to get it right. I'm not promising, but I will try to get it right. Then Elijah, he's the original prophet, okay? Elijah is the original prophet. He said to Elisha, the next in line, the one in training, he says, stay here, please. Come on, say with me, stay here. here. Come on, everyone in the house, say with me, stay here. It's an important truth to see. For the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Verse 3, now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel. Now let me explain that. The sons of the prophet, this isn't Elijah's kids. Okay, They're not his biological children. What it's making reference to is literally spiritual sons. It was almost like a Bible college, a place of following. People who had followed the teachings of Elijah, the prophet. They were following God, a school of thought in that. It was like they had an outreach or they had a, a, a trip and they went to come and see him. So that's the thought right there. So the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha. And they said to him, notice Shah and not Jah. They came to the one who was going to lose his master that day. And they spoke to him and says, do you not know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he says, yes, I know. Would you keep silent? Basically, he's saying, I know, but I don't want to talk about it. Come on, I don't want to talk about it. Verse 4, then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay Here, come on, say with me again, stay here. here. Notice this is stay here, number two. For the Lord has sent me on to Jericho, but he, Elisha, says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophet, another school, another group of followers in the place of Jericho came to Elisha and said to him the same things that they had said at Bethel. They said, do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? So Elisha answered and says, yes, I know. Keep silent. Are you seeing something here? He doesn't want to talk about it. He's not too excited about what's perhaps going to happen in his life. Maybe he's in denial or maybe he has a plan. Hmm. Maybe he's in denial or maybe he has a plan. Verse 6, then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. Come on, say with me, stay here. Stay here, here, number three. For the Lord God has sent me on to the Jordan. But Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Verse seven. So the men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at what? Come on, help me out. What's the next word? A distance. Come on, notice that. 
They stood facing them at a distance. Key thought, where are they? They're at a distance. They're distant away. But notice, where is Elisha? Right there. Come on. Elisha is staying close. Come on, say with me. He's positioned for blessing. Come on. He's positioning his life for his blessing in his life. So as others, the Bible says, stood at a distance, the two of them, Elijah and Elisha, went and stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle. It was a cloak that he would have that would represent who he was. People would see the cloak and they would know the office or know that he was a prophet of God. Beggars had cloaks. People of that day had cloaks. That's how they would identify themselves. It was that which identified him. He took that of God which was laid upon him. He rolled it up, the Bible says, and he struck the waters. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them, how many? The two of them, Elijah and Elisha, crossed over on dry ground. I just want to throw something in as we get ready to move on in this story. Two of them went through, but there was a whole load that stood at a distance. Two went through, but but a multitude stood at a distance. I want you to know something. In your life, everyone's not always going to see what you see. Come on, everyone's not going to believe what you believe. Come on, people may even ridicule you and laugh at you for what you believe. Man, you pay your tithes to church. You believe that foolishness. You go. You lift. Do you lift your hands in church? Do you clap? Man, that's foolishness. Why? Because they will not always understand the decisions and choices that you have chosen to make. They'll think it's foolish. They'll think it's foolish. But may I note and say, who gets the blessing? Hold on and you'll soon see. You'll soon see. Verse 9, and so it was. So it was. Verse 1 began, and it came to pass. It was in the past. But notice God's not just a thing of the past. Come on, now it is. Come on. And so it was right there, right now. Come on. It's the new day. It's your new moment. You've got to begin to believe that. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, For goodness sake, mate, you have driven me crazy. You have bugged me. I've given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. What's wrong with you? What do you want? Come on, that's what it says. He says, ask, for goodness sake, ask, there's an exclamation mark after that, ask what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Anyone know what it is to have kids at home? Kelly and I got six kids. Some of them are grown and you would think the grown kids would be easier sometimes than the little kids. doesn't always happen like that. But how many knows what it's to be in the house and you're busy as a parent doing something because that's what we do. We're busy in the home. Come on. And your kids start saying, Mom, Mom, Mom. Come on, come on, come on. They start asking and start calling and calling and calling and calling. And guess what happens sometimes? You snap and lose it. Come on, come on, come on now. Come on, don't look at me all holy in the house today. Come on, I I know who you are. And if you're not going to admit it today, I'm just going to go and ask your kids and I'm going to get some real sermon material. Yay, we're going to preach. But sometimes you can get that frustration like, what's wrong? For goodness sake, what do you need? Because they just keep going on and on and on. That's almost what Elisha is doing for Elijah. 
that he's on his last nerve and he's like, what's wrong? I mean, what do you want? I mean, I've given you opportunity after opportunity to stay. I'm going, I'm leaving. What's your deal? You could have stayed at this Bible college and you could have been here and you could have done this and you could have... What's the deal? What is it that you want? And Elisha says, I'm glad you finally asked. Because you know what I want? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit upon me. In other words, Elisha said, I want to be twice the man that you are. I want to be twice the man that you are. Or really, I want twice as much God in my life as what you had. In verse 10, so Elijah says, you have asked a hard thing. It's a hard thing you've asked. Nevertheless, I like that thought. Because it may be hard, but it's not impossible. Come on, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, come on, it's not the end of the equation. He would have said it's impossible, done. But he said that's a hard thing, but nevertheless. Come on, I think you need to hear that today. Because maybe you're asking a hard thing, but we serve a nevertheless God. We serve a God that's able to do supernaturally above and beyond what you could imagine, what you could even think. Because with man, the Bible says things may be impossible. With God... All things. Come on, say nevertheless. Come on, the doctors have said it's hard. Come on, your job says it's hard. The finances look hard. The marriage is hard. But nevertheless, 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 nevertheless. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, keep following. This is just his introduction. Come on, we're getting somewhere. This is just the introduction. Verse 10, nevertheless, Elijah says, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, if you don't see me, you won't receive. It won't happen in your life. What is Elijah saying to Elisha? What can we read from this passage of Scripture for our lives today? Here's the truth. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and nothing else. Come on, and there's a whole lot of nothing else's out there. There's a whole lot of distractions. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, come on, we're going to receive the prize. We're going to receive the breakthroughs. We're going to receive the victories in each one of our lives. Verse 11, then it happened. I love it. It began that it passed. And then it was. And then it happened. Come on. Maybe it was a past thing for you and you thought God's forgotten you. Maybe you missed the was. But come on. Why not believe today that it can happen in your life? Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I love the next verse. Are you ready? Look at this. And Elijah, Elisha, he saw it. He saw it. Come on, can you see him? I saw it! Come on, what was the criteria? You've got to see it to have it. Come on, you've got to see it to have it. Come on, this isn't by chance, it's there. I believe straight away he may have been knocked to his back because of this great feat that took place. But as soon as his mind and his comprehension came back to himself, he cried out, I see it. Come on, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Because he knows if he didn't see it, he couldn't have it. Come on now. If he didn't see it, it wasn't his. Because it was a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see it, you can have it. I wonder what you see today. You see, what was really the thought is this. If I'm positioned for blessing, 
Come on, if I'm in a place where I can see it, come on, I'm in the right place to receive what God wants to give into my life. And Elijah saw it. And he cried out. Oh, he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel. But I believe he cried out before that. I saw it, God. I saw it, God. I seen it. Give it to me. It's mine. You promised it. I saw the chariots. I saw the horse. God, it's mine. And he saw him, Elijah, no more. And he took a hold of his clothes and he tore them into two pieces. And that's not suggested for you to do today. I just want you to know that today. Just keep your clothes in one piece. We would really appreciate that today. And then what did he do? It's almost like a picture that he's standing so close, I believe. Yes, he was separated, but he was standing so close that we see that the mantle, the Bible says, that the mantle of Elijah, which had fallen off of him when God had taken him up to heaven, it fell right by his feet, I believe. And Elisha, what did he do? He took up the mantle and he went back and stood at the banks of the Jordan. Then with the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, he struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, notice he said, where is the God? But he also struck the water. He said and he did. Notice this, too many times we say things but we don't do things. Too many times we pray and want God to work the miracles, but when God gives us the direction, we don't do it. Come on, we don't put it to place. So many people are waiting for a miracle God's already served up for them, but you just got to eat the food. Come on, you just got to participate in it. He cried out, where is the God of Elijah? But what else did he do? There was action involved in his faith as he struck the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. What a great story. I said, what a great story. It's a Bible great right there. It's a great, great story. But as I read a story like that, I begin to think and I begin to consider how different that story could have really been. Because if Elisha, knowing that his prophet was going to be taken from him that day, Elisha could have so easily stayed at Gilgal. Elisha could have easily stayed at Bethel. Elisha could have easily stayed at Jericho. Elisha could have easily stayed on the other side of the Jordan because that was the steps, that was the travel, that was the path that they had to take that day. He could have easily hung out with the crowd on the other side of the Jordan. But I want you to see Gilgal and Bethel and Jericho And the other side of the Jordan as obstacles in your life today. Because I believe that those places can represent places of hurt in our life. Because it's so easy for us just to stay at a place of hurt. Come on, we even have the cheerleaders come out. And they're people from the church, notice, sometimes come out. Just stay here. Just stay in this hurt. If you would look at all the words and the meanings for all those cities, there's a whole message in that. There's hurt. There's the house of God. There's There's all these places that we can... Choose to stay. If we don't watch, come on, Bethel and Jericho can be our place of pain. 
Come on, you don't know what I'm going through. And it becomes our life. It becomes our existence. It becomes our conversation. It becomes our identity, everything. Come on, our sickness can become that to us. We can become that sickness in our life. We can become the hurt. We can become the doubts and the questions. And we can choose to stay there and doubt God. Even knowing that we have a word from God that victory is in our lives and there's blessing and we know the truth. So often we can camp out. But you know what? Bethel and Gilgal and Jericho and the other side of the Jordan can also be a place of blessing in our life. Because you know, sometimes we can stay too long at the blessing. Come on, it's okay to have a party when God breaks through in your life, but don't stay too long at the party. Because there's other enemies to conquer. Come on, there's other victories that God has in your life. Sometimes... The greatest enemies in our lives can be the blessings because we know we need to change when there's problems. But when we're living in the blessing, we just want to milk it. Come on, we just want to enjoy it. We just want to bask in those miracles and breakthroughs. Come on, Gilgal can represent places in our life that will make us stay there. That we will no longer be positioned for His blessing. We've got to keep pushing through. There's going to be always opportunities in our life to quit and to settle and to stay back. But they are also opportunities for us to be persistent, to have persistence in our life, refusing to be denied and give in. Come on, the doctor's reports may say, that's not good. Come on, that may be Bethel, but come on, I'm pushing on because I'm going to the other side of the Jordan. I'm not stopping there. I'm going, why? Because I'm not going to let go of God. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on God because I want the prize. I want the blessing. What do they say of the Christian walk? The Christian experience, the Christian life has been described as a walk of faith. Have you ever heard that? It's a walk of faith. Notice it's not a stand of faith. It doesn't say stand in faith. Oh, we're to stand in faith, but it's a walk of faith. It doesn't say we're to, it's a sit of faith. Come on, it doesn't say it's a lay down and sleep of faith. It talks about that it's a walk of faith. I looked at the definition of walk in the, in the dictionary and it says this, to go on foot, to go on foot. In other words, you've got to go, you've got to move, you've got to trust, you've got to move. Maybe there's a time in our lives that it's sometimes a slow walk. Our Christian life is a slow walk. It can be uphill, it can be tough, it can be hard. Sometimes it can be a faster walk. Come on, we've had joys and blessings in our life and we're picking up speed and we're just feeling we're power walking. Come on, we're power walking. Everything's good, we're power walking. Feeling the calories drop off us, we're power walking. Come on, everything is going good. But it's a walk of what? It's a walk of faith. What is faith? As I was preparing for this message, I thought of this. Faith is this. Faith is seeing... What you don't see. Come on, you can tweet that. That's pretty good right there. Faith is seeing what you don't see in the natural. Come on, that you don't see things getting any better around you. Come on, when it seems like everything's getting worse around you and you're praying for the breakthroughs and you're praying for the miracles. But faith is what? Not seeing the obstacles, but seeing beyond the obstacles. You see, because faith is this, when you don't see it happening around you, you better make sure it's still happening within you. 
Come on, when you don't see it taking place all around you, you better make sure that faith is still alive inside of you and you're claiming the fact, I may not be healed, but God, you're still my healer. You're still my deliverer. My kids not be saved, may not be saved, but God, you gave a lamb for a house, God. And no matter what's going around me, faith says, I'm going to see what I don't see. And I'm going to trust in a God that is able to do so much more. Why? Because I'm positioning my life for blessing. I want the blessing of God. Come on, when your kids get worse. Have you ever had that when you've prayed and your kids got worse? Come on, have you prayed for a healing in your body and you get sicker? Come on, have you ever prayed for breakthroughs in your life and it feels like all hell breaks out and all of a sudden you begin to say, what's going on? Come on, faith sees beyond that. Every obstacle, every doubt, every fear, every peril, every fact that we see around us. Notice I use the word fact because I believe there's a difference between fact and truth. The fact is you're sick, but the truth is God is still your healer. Come on, the fact is you may be broke, but the truth is God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he can bless your life. See, the facts may be stacked against us, but the truth, the faith that we can have in our walk, in our lives, will break through and help us in every way. Because every obstacle wants to do what? To distance us from God. Just stay here. Just stay here and feel sorry for yourself for a few minutes. Just stay here and have a pity party. Oh, go on social media and vent. Oh, you'll get all the people. Have you ever noticed the type of people you attract when you put your depressed on social media? You don't get a lot of people say, well, praise God. God sent me to encourage you. Most people turn around and say, yeah, I'm with you. Come on, let me tell you, my dog ran away too. Come on, things aren't going good. It's not good. It's depra- You're not going to attract the right crowd with those kind of circumstances and situations. Why? Because those things will distance you from God. Just stay here for a while. Just stay here. Just stay here. Just stay here. And what will the stay here do? It will position you out of blessing. Come on, say with me, out. out. It's not positioned for blessing. You'll be positioned out of blessing. Nothing more the enemy wants. It's for you to see the blessings from a distance, but not to experience them for your life. For you to see other people having their breakthroughs, but it not happen inside of you. Why? Because he wants you to stay in your pain, in your discomfort, in your agony, in your sickness, and in your despair. And even if we get to a place where we begin to think, well, maybe God can help me, we stay so far away from God that we begin to say, why would he want to help me? Because I'm... The lowest of low and the least of least. There's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be things that are going to produce an opportunity for you not to trust God with your life. Those things that want to crash your faith. Those things that want to reside and take that place of hurt and sickness. Come on, that they want to just be so real in your life that you would begin to believe this is as good as it's going to get and it's never going to happen to me. Come on, say with me, position for blessing. Come on, I've got to be in a position for blessing. I want to use another story from Elisha. If you're going to, in your Bibles, turn a few chapters to 2 Kings chapter 6. Here's a great story too. Elisha's now the man of God. He's now the prophet of God. Elijah's gone. He saw it. Come on, he saw it. And now he's the man of God. Now he has the blessing of God on his life. 2 Kings 6.15 And when his servant, the servant of the man of God, arose early and went out... There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant came to Elisha and said, Alas, 
my master, what shall we do? In other words, he's not just politely waking him up. He's freaking out. Come on, I said he's freaking out. He's up in the morning. He's still got crusty eye boogers in his eyes. He's not seeing properly. Come on, we saw you this morning getting up. We know what's going on. Hasn't had his coffee yet, so stay out of his way. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like squinting with his eyes and he's trying to see. And he sees an army all around him. And he's running back in, not saying, alas, my master, like, would you please wake up? He's like screaming. What's going to happen? It's not good. We're going to be destroyed and wiped out. So Elisha answers and says these words, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I love the fact that God doesn't even name the them. He doesn't even put a name to the thems. Why? Because there's plenty of thems that's going to come up in your life. But thems are not the important thing. Come on. The important thing we're going to see right now is where we look and what we see. What are we going to see? Are we going to position our lives for blessing? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed. Why did Elisha pray? Because prayer changes things. Come on. Prayer changes things. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord God, please open his eyes that he might see. That he might see. Come on. He learned this prayer from his own life. Come on, I want to see it. Elijah said, if you see it, you're going to have it. So what is he doing now? He's now sharing that experience and saying, you've got to open your eyes and see because I saw it before. My life was changed. You need to see it right now because your life can be completely changed because you're not going to be defeated any longer. You're going to realize that you are positioned for blessing. Because when our eyes are on Jesus, we will never be disappointed. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Come on. He saw. What did he see? What did he see? What did faith, now alive inside of his heart, cause him to see? And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Sound familiar? Come on, Elisha. Sound familiar? He saw that. He saw that. He knows what it looks like. And the horses and the chariots of fire were all around Elisha. Now the question I want to ask you today is this. Was the enemy gone? No. The enemy was still there. But now there was God in the situation too. Come on. Faith saw beyond the enemy. Faith wants to see beyond your sickness today. Faith wants to see beyond your doubt today. Faith wants to see beyond your impossibility today, but nevertheless, God, remember, nevertheless, it may be hard, but nevertheless, faith wants to see beyond that today. I want to show you all something today. Is that cool? I want to show you something today. Sorry, my board's not straight. There you go. I want to put you in the middle here, right? This is actually Elisha in the story. But we're going to make it you. God bless you. That's you in the middle of the story. So what do we see that there's you in the middle of the circle? Okay, so what's happening on all this? Where's the enemy? All around. The enemy is all around. I want a picture today that the enemy that's all around you is maybe your sickness today. 
It's maybe your pain today. It's maybe your hurt today because it's anything that's against what God has for your life is an enemy for you as a child of God. Your problems, they are all around. But where is God? Where is God? So where is God? God is not just around you as the man or woman of God. The Bible says that there was a house that Elisha was in and then there was the city and then the enemy was around. But what do we see? We see that God was where? God was around the whole thing. Come on, say with me, it's in the circle. What's in the circle? Come on. All my problems, all my trials, all my sickness, all my adversity... And all my pain is where? It's in the circle. Where is God? All around. I need you to understand something today. As children of God, most of the time what we want to do is we wish that God could be this circle around us. We wish that God could just be the protection, then nothing would come into our house. Come on, anyone like that? God, just keep me from everything. That I would have no sickness, I would have no pain, I would have no suffering. One day in heaven, but not here on earth. Come on now, let's just be real. It's not going to happen here on earth. Because God's protection isn't just around you. Because if God's protection was around you there, it would totally isolate you from the world. And we are called to do what? To reach the world. It's not just about us, but it's about reaching and touching other people. But what do we see? God's not just around you, but God is around every circumstance and situation and problem and trial and heartache and pain that could ever come against your life. And notice this, anything that God allows through him is because he has allowed it to happen. Come on, anything that gets into your circle is because God allows it to happen. For what reason? God allows these things to come. For what reason? That we will grow, that we will be developed, that our faith will increase in us. You know, God knows the greatest motivator of prayer is answered prayer. That when we pray, he answers prayer. And what does God use these situations and circumstances for? The Bible clearly tells us he uses those to display his glory. So his answer and his hope and his breakthroughs and his miracles are going to be seen for other people all around you. Because they know the problems that you're going through. They know the heartache that you're facing in your life. But God says what? I have brought these things into your life for what reason that my glory would be seen? They brought a young man to Jesus in the Bible and said, why is he sick? Is it his sin or is it his parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither. It's neither of those. Why? Because they believed years ago that sickness was the result of sin. That if you were sick in your life, then sin or sickness. If you had sin in your life, then it was because then you would be sick. So sickness was a representation of sin. So if a parents were living in sin, their child would be sick. So they're bringing him to Jesus and God says, neither but the glory of man may be seen. That the undeniable power of God would be seen. Come on, when we're facing those things in our circle, come on, when those things are all around us in our circle, what is it up to us to do? 
Is it up to us to stay at Gilgal and Bethel and say, oh me, oh my, I'm not going to make it through this. What's going to happen? No. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to give it all to God. It's to trust God. It's our responsibility to see through these things, come on, and begin to see God's blessing and God's rewards and God's victories that He wants to do in our lives. Because we can get so self-centered and we can get so feeling sorry for ourselves that all we see is the sickness and the adversities and trials. But come on, we've got to see it. Why? Because we've got to be positioned for blessing. We've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep believing God and trusting Him in everything of our lives. Will the results happen immediately? Not always. Does it happen right now? It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow. But what's my job? My job is to still see through these adversities and trials. My job is to say it may not be today, but I'm not letting you go, God. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situations, God, I want to see you. I want to be so close to you. I want to be beside you. I want to walk with you. You see, when God chooses to move on your circumstances, is up to God. Why? Because he's God and I'm not. Come on, he's God and you're not. And you better be thankful for that. You better be thankful for that. Yes, it's hard at times. Especially when the more you pray, the worse it gets. But you've got to open your eyes today. You've got to open your eyes and see. I love this scripture from Psalms 30 verse 5 says this. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. But here it is. You ready? Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Come on. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy... Man, I'm holding on to the pulpit because if I don't, I'm just going to fly. If I had a B3 Hammond B3 organ right now, we would be dangerous in this house. Weeping may endure for the night. What does that mean? Pain and sickness may present itself all around you because the man of God, he was completely surrounded by the enemy. It may present itself all around you, but joy is coming in the morning. Come on, the morning is not just the AM. I want to have a play of words today. Put another you in morning and you've got mourning and pain because you've had loss. You've had someone die in your life. Something is not living in your life. What's the promise that joy is coming even into your place of greatest death and suffering that you can believe today that joy is coming. Joy is coming. I love what the message Bible says. It says the nights of crying your eyes out give way to days of laughter. Wow. Let me close this today. Back to the story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah's gone. Elisha's standing there. He's crying out, where is the God of Elijah? He smote the waters. God moved and produced the miracle that he needed. I'm ready today for God to produce your miracle. I'm ready today to see your breakthrough. Because of his position, because of the position of Elisha refusing to be denied, seeing through every obstacle and trial, Because of his position, that day he left changed. Come on, he left that day with a new cloak. When people looked at him, he was no longer the boy in training. He's the man. Come on, he's the man. 
Come on, people have looked at you for long as that person that's got cancer and lost your hair. Come on, people have looked at you for so long and say, that's the person who's miserable and depressed. No one, no one wants to marry them. Come on, that people have looked at you too long. Why? Because that's become your identity. We're believing today that you can leave just like Elisha with a new identity, that you can leave with a new purpose. Why? Because of position. Because of position. His story, the story we just read, can be your story. As you see God's miraculous power on your move on your behalf. As God wants to answer your cry and to meet your need. But what does it take to be positioned for blessing? You've got to start to see it. But you know today I'm aware of this fact. For maybe some of you today this is new. This is the first time you've maybe been in a church like this. How can you be in a position because you've never heard of such position before? I want to tell you today, that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't receive your breakthroughs today. Some of you, maybe you're camping out at Gilgal. Some of you know what it is to have trusted God in the past, but now it's just so much easier to stay where you're at. I could preach a whole message on this. There's a whole message here. The Bible says that Abraham, a lot of us give credit to the fact that Abram was the one that left Ur of Chaldees and took off. But the Bible says that Abram left with his father. His father first left, but they came to a city called Haran. And they stayed there at Haran. And what do we see? We see Abram's dad died at Haran. And then God had to call Abraham or Abram and says, now you need to get out. Why is that? Because Haran was one of the sons of Abram's father. Abraham had a brother that was called Haran. And what do we see? Cities of those days were oftentimes named after descendants or children. What do we see? Abraham's father left with a promise from God, but he arrived at a place of hurt, Haran, a place that reminded him of his loss of his son. And what did he do? He stayed there and he died there, forfeiting the blessing because Abraham was then called again from God. And when he made that step to step out of Haran, God says, I will bless you. I will bless your descendants. I will bless the fruit of your lawn. I will bless everything. If we don't watch, we can stay in a place of pain. And we can play in a, stay in a place of discomfort. Maybe that's you today. But whether this is the first time or whether you're in the wrong place today, come on, I've got hope for you today. Come on, there is still hope for you today. Are you ready? Someone else has positioned themselves for you today. Someone else has been praying and has been on their face and saying, God, give them the miracle. God, give them the breakthrough. They didn't even know your name and they didn't need to know your name. They stood in the gap for you and said, I see it for marriages. I see it for drug addiction. I see it for where hope is lost and I believed it today that every one of us can be positioned for the blessing of God today. That every one of us can leave here changed and transformed today. Not one of us needs to leave here the same. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. 
If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.